Hello, friends. This is Pastor Pierce Eaton, and you're listening to First and Foremost, a podcast where we give you teaching and tools to make Jesus Christ first and foremost in your life. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Extras. This is part of the podcast where I unpack extra tidbits and information from my sermon preparation that I was not able to get to on Sunday. This Sunday, my sermon was on preparing for Christmas. Go back and listen to the sermon if you have not heard it. But in the sermon, I make three points, but my second point was an encouragement for you to prepare your family for Christmas. Now, we can all get caught up in thinking that preparing our kids or preparing our family for Christmas is about preparing the ornaments, the gifts, the food, or party plans, or whatever it might be for you. And that's not what I mean. I I hope you understand that when I encourage you to prepare your family for Christmas, it's not about preparing them to receive lots of gifts. You see, I mentioned the idea in my sermon that we must labor toward preparing our family to know and treasure the true reason for Christmas the reason of Christ's birth. Now, we don't simply celebrate the birth of Jesus because it's his birthday. I know we do that in our culture. We celebrate people's birthdays, and we celebrate them just because we love that person and we want to celebrate it. And that's not the only reason why we celebrate Jesus' birthday. Yes, we do love him, but the reason why we celebrate the day of the incarnation, which is what we actually celebrate at Christmas, is because it is the moment that God entered space and time. God incarnate came to earth, Emmanuel, God with us. God entered space and time, and he did that to defeat sin and death for us. I spoke about this in a sermon a couple weeks ago on the delight of Christmas, that Jesus came to save the world from their sins. If the world was not sinful, then Jesus need not come. So this is what we celebrate. When we celebrate Christmas, it's more than just Jesus' birthday. It's truly that we're celebrating the fact that we experience freedom from sin and death because God came down. Now, this is something worth building excitement about in our family. If you have kids in your home, then you probably know that kids get really excited about Christmas. This is a great opportunity to get excited about God because kids already love Christmas. They love the idea of gifts. They love the decorating. They love the music. So as parents, we can use this as a discipleship opportunity to point our children toward Jesus, not toward the the cultural version of Christmas that's all about Santa, which I'm not against Santa. Um, But if we make Christmas all about gifts and all about Santa and all about uh, giving back or all about unity or all about love and we never make it about Jesus, then we are missing an opportunity as a parent to point our children toward God. John Piper, I quoted him in my sermon, but I, I love this quote. It's in one of his 
Christmas devotionals in one of his Advent devotionals, and he says this, build God-centered anticipation, expectancy, and excitement into your home, especially for the children. If you are excited about Christmas, they will be too. If you can only make Christmas exciting with material things, how will the children get a thirst for God? Bend the efforts of your imagination to make the wonder of the king's arrival visible for the children, end quote. Wow. I love that quote for two reasons. One, because he asks a really crucial and important question. If you can only make Christmas exciting with material things, how will the children get a thirst for God? If all of Christmas is about the things we give our kids, then they will not be hungry for the Lord's arrival on Christmas Day. So, as parents, we should therefore bend the efforts of our imagination to make the wonder of the King's arrival visible for our children. Help them learn to anticipate and expect and delight in Jesus' birth, the incarnation. I want to give you a few quick suggestions um, th- that you can use to, maybe you, you implement them in your life. Maybe you take one or two, maybe you do them all. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe you do them all. But these are just some suggestions for how you can disciple your kids well during this season and build that God-centered anticipation and excitement in your children. First thing to do is to do an age-appropriate Advent devotional. All right? I mentioned this on Sunday. Um, there are a lot of different things you can do. So uh, if you have really young ones, then the Jesus Storybook Bible or many other you know children's Bibles will have like an Advent schedule. You can look up, if, if you have the Jesus Storybook Bible, you can just Google search Advent Schedule Jesus Storybook Bible and one will come up and you can use that. And it just takes stories you already have in your, in your child's Bible and you start reading one a day to your kid to help them learn and, and to anticipate the arrival of King Jesus. Um, the other thing you can do is if you have kids that are a little bit older, so we do this with Lila, who is our oldest, she's four, and she uh, is really at the very youngest she could be in order to do what we call the Advent blocks. So these are something that Karen, my wife, came along, uh, came across in, on the Lifeway website, Advent blocks. And, and it's really just, it's a set of blocks that have some images on them that kids can, you know, use and they turn the block every, every day. Um, you know, when it's like the first day of December, then they turn block number one and it has an image on it and it corresponds with the devotional. And then on the last day of, uh, or on Christmas day, after you've done all of the Advent devotionals, then the blocks all convey a message, a hidden message. And that's what the Advent blocks are. And it's something we've been doing with her. And she's really at the youngest end that she could do that for. It's probably best for like a seven, eight, nine-year-old. Um, that would probably be the age range that I would think would be um, the best for the Advent blocks. The other thing you can do is um, before, you know, you open gifts on um, on Christmas Day that you read the Bible. Like I mentioned in my sermon on Sunday, you read the Bible, you read the, the, the story of Jesus' arrival in Luke chapter 2 would be a great thing to do with your kids. Even that's, that's something small. Maybe maybe you feel like an Advent devotional is not something you could do with your kids, although I would highly recommend it. I would say this is the number one thing I would recommend. 
But if you weren't, wouldn't be able to do that, then I would say at the very least, before you open gifts on Christmas Day, uh, read the story of Jesus' birth and remind your children that the only reason why we give gifts on Christmas is because we received the ultimate gift. God gave the ultimate gift in Christ's coming. A few other things you could do, uh, watch movies. Uh, watch Christmas movies about Jesus. Rather than watching the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer story, y'all, everyone loves it, or, or Frosty the Snowman, or Polar Express, or whatever it may be. I'm not against those movies. I love those movies. But watch something that's about Jesus. So there are a few kids' movies that are great. Um, the Star is one of them. So The Star is a, a kids' animated Christmas movie that's really good, and it points the children toward Jesus. Another one is a Disney movie. It's an older one called Small One, and it's about a donkey, and he's the donkey. He ends up being the donkey that, that Mary and Joseph take to Bethlehem, that, he, that, that Mary rides into Bethlehem on, and he gets to be there for, the donkey gets to be there for the birth of Jesus. Um, another one that is one of my favorites, probably for older kids, and it's not truly a Christmas movie, but there are some Christmas scenes in it, and that is uh, the Chronicles of Nor- Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So there, uh, that movie is uh, a really a pretty fun movie, and it very clearly has a gospel message in it. You know, Aslan is the representative of Christ in the series, the Narnia series, and so you can see the gospel message very clearly put in it, but there's also um, some fanciful interactions, the Santa Claus in, in the land of Narnia and some different things like that that are really fun. And if you have maybe a kid who's eight, nine, 10 years old, then that would be a great movie to watch with them. Some other things you could do is just turn normal Christmas activities into Christ-centered Christmas activities. So this is things like going to see Christmas lights, Rather than just looking at the Christmas lights and be like, yeah, that's cool. When you see a nativity scene, then stop, point it out. Have your kids point out, which one's Mary? Which one's Joseph? Which one's baby Jesus? Ask them, why do we, why do, we do this at Christmas time? Let the kid tell you. And, and if your kid uh, isn't maybe aware, then, then you talk to them about it. And you get to teach your child about Jesus by looking at the Christmas lights. Another thing you could do is when you make baked sweets, you make baked goods and cookies and cakes and whatever you do for Christmas. Before you do that, you can talk to your kids about why you make baked sweets. I talked about that in my last sermon about how we we make baked goods on Christmas as Christians often, um, or kind of universally all around the world, Christians make baked goods on Christmas Day. And as far as we can tell, the reason why we do that is because of the sweetness of the salvation that we receive in Christ. I think that's a really cool thing to point your kids to. Other things you can do when you decorate the tree, for instance, you can highlight everything that points to Jesus. The tree we choose to decorate is an evergreen tree, and that's because of the eternal life we get from Christ by faith in him. There are lights on the tree, and those lights represent the starry night um, that, that, that the Magi followed the star. If you have a star at the top of your tree, you can make it about the starry night and with a star. Or if you have an angel on top of your tree, you could point out that the the night that the angels appeared to the shepherds out in the fields, that there was a whole heavenly host that filled the sky. And so that's what all the lights represent. And there's the angel that declares 
the truth. And so you can you can point all of that out and show your kids how everything that we do in Christmas, it's symbolic and it's beautiful and it's pointing us toward Jesus. Another thing I would suggest is if your kids are old enough, which I would say they're old enough, probably around three years old, is bring your kids in on some activities like wrapping presents. And I'm not saying have them wrap their own present. I'm saying if you if you have a present for mom or dad or uh, maybe it's a, a cousin or a grandparent, have them help you wrap the gift. And as you wrap the gift, you talk to them about how Christ is our perfect gift. And that's the reason why we give gifts on Christmas is because we've received the perfect gift in Christ. One other thing you could do is listen to Christ-centered Christmas songs, not just jingle bells. Listen to Christ-centered Christmas songs. There's a lot of Christ-centered Christmas songs out there. One that I would recommend is Ellie Holcomb. She has a Christmas album that is specifically made for kids. They're all original songs on there, but your kids will probably love them. Her music's really good, and um, that could be something that just brings the Christmas story to life as they learn and sing those songs. And then the last kind of bit I want to give you some suggestions is to do Christmas or, or kind of like the birth of Christ anticipation activities. I mentioned one of those in my sermon on Sunday. I have a friend who has a nativity scene that they have like a tabletop nativity scene and it has 25 pieces. So there are several sheep and there's a camel and there's the wise men and there's, you know, all these different things. There's, there's a lot. There's an angel, has a bunch of different pieces. And every day they add one piece. So the first day, December 1st, they just have like a sheep there and that's it. December 2nd, it's two sheep. December 3rd, it's a camel and two sheep. And then December 4th, it's a shepherd and a camel and two sheep. And they just add little piece one after another. And as the days get closer to Christmas, then the Magi start to arrive. Then the shepherds get there. Then Mary gets there. Then Joseph gets there. Then Mary gets there. And then on that last day, on Christmas Day, you put Jesus in the scene. So that's just a fun way you could build anticipation with the kids and you do it with them. Another thing you could do is buy the shepherd on the search. So you might have heard of Elf on the Shelf. Um, that's like one of the things that parents, you know, they use to put this elf around the house and make it make kids feel like Santa's watching them at all times in order for them to be good. Um, so instead, you could take something similar and turn it into what's called Shepherd on the Search. And you could buy this. It's, it's available in many different places. And Shepherd on the Search is a shepherd that you move around the house every day before the kids get up or, you know, after they go to bed, you just move it to a new place and you you tell them every day how the, the shepherd is searching all around your house to find baby Jesus because that's who he's searching after. And then on the last day, on, on Christmas Day, you put the shepherd with baby Jesus at the nativity scene that you have at your table or whatever. So that could be another thing. One thing that we are choosing to do this year is we bought an Advent wreath. So with the candles and all that stuff, and our goal has been every Sunday we light a new candle. Of course, we blow it out at the end of the night because it can't burn until Christmas. So we, we light it and, and we make you know that kind of a, a significant thing to anticipate Christ's arrival on Christmas Day. Look, there are so many things you can do to make Christmas come to life in a Christ-centered way. My encouragement is to pick a thing or two and start doing it. You can make 
you can make the true story of Christmas come to life in your kid's life with just a little bit of effort. I think you could do it with, with just a little bit of effort. So get excited, okay? You could do this. Get excited about the arrival of baby Jesus. Because um, here's the thing. If you get excited, so will the kids. I hope this long list of things is helpful. If you have any questions about any of the info I gave, feel free to reach out to me by email. If you need maybe a link to something, just shoot me an email. My email is peaton at fbctc.com. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please review and subscribe, which makes the podcast more visible to others. I'll be back later this week to answer one of your questions that you've written in to the podcast. Then we're going to take a little bit of a break from the podcast for the Christmas season, but I'll be back in the new year. But look for that questions episode later this week. God bless. <laughs>